Okay, welcome back to Can You Fucking Believe It, the second episode. Uh, you know, we finally made it through the first one, so we'll have to go ahead and do the second one. Years of planning, my friends, years. <laughs> years, literally. Okay, so this particular show is a theme show about, it occurred to us last time, uh, which if you listened to the last one, you may remember, was... Um, we had this whole discussion about Halloween and John Carpenter and everything else, so we're going to do this one as a John Carpenter-themed podcast. So take it away, Phil. What do you mean, take it away? Take it away. What do you got? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, what are the greatest John Carpenter movies to you? Well, you know, okay. We got we to gotta skip over the sort of the one that everybody will talk about, which is Halloween, which we, we had this, like, yeah, we had this long discussion about it last time. But, um... So we're going to go into some of the lesser-known John Carpenter movies, maybe. Um, we got Escape from... Well, obviously, Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York. Um, Both masterpieces. Obviously. Uh, we got... Um, and see, you're more versed in John Carpenter because I actually haven't seen Starman in years. Uh, That's a mistake, man. It's like uh, one of the greatest. I mean, there's no... There's almost no better romance, although that's a hard statement to, to keep up with. But it's a, it's one of the it's certainly the greatest sci-fi romance you're ever gonna see. Ooh, uh, yeah, okay. What so, is Buck Rogers <laughs> gonna compete with it for a romantic interest? Probably not. Probably, but of course, Aaron Gray was hot though. Wow, Aaron Gray was like when I was a kid, man. Whoo, really? Totally. Yeah, I don't. I... No, really? No. Okay, fine. But you know, whatever. We'll we'll agree to disagree on that one. Um, <laughs> But let's see. Okay, so we got Escape from L.A., we got Escape from New York, we got um, uh, Vampires, which we obviously have to talk about. Um, James Woods in the like most insanely weird performance ever, outside of Assassins. <laughs> Assassins. Yes. Not totally. Assassins, it's um, The Specialist. The Specialist, my bad. Yeah, I always get those confused. <laughs> They're easily confused Yeah. yeah. Sly Stallone masterpieces. Anyway... <laughs> Okay, so then um, what else we got here? Um, I don't know. Got... Uh, In the Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned, Ghosts oh. of Mars. I mean, there's an endless stream of consistently good stuff to talk okay, about. Okay, well, let's just get started. What do you got first on your list here? Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Awesome. The, one of the most, honestly, in my opinion, that is one of the more, um, you take a ridiculous uh, concept and you actually make it into a decent movie? Almost certainly, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird. I mean, half of his movies in the 80s were such reactions against Reagan and blah, blah, blah. And that's one of the most obvious ones. Well, that and They Live, obviously. Oh. I mean, that, that was sort of, you can't even get more obvious than They Live. But um, <laughs> Escape from New York. Susan, okay, you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Escape from New York, like I said. I think it's a it's a masterpiece of taking sort of a ridiculous concept and making it into a movie that's actually a decent movie. Because, I mean, really, would they completely cut off the financial center of the United States to make it a prison and just sort of let the inmates run wild? Yeah, probably not. Probably it's, not. It's, it's not the most likely scenario. <laughs> but... But at the time, I mean, I've listened to Carpenter. He's like, well, everybody hates hated New York at that time, so why not just, you know. Well, right, it? and see, that's the thing. is, It's like you take both of the movies. Uh, New York, for a long time, was sort of the quote-unquote cesspool. Excuse me. Again, brought to you by Budweiser. Um, 
New York was sort of the quote unquote cesspool of the U.S. You know, and it was hookers and you know Times pornography was and but strip joints and porn shops. Yeah, right. But then, then they cleaned up New York, and then so then the second movie is Escape from L.A., <laughs> which everybody began hating it. Right. It's like you you see this sort of cultural shift in that, and I don't think that's just Carpenter. I think that that's a mod uh, a shift in the way people think about it. Now now L.A. is like, oh, all it is is you know. Actresses with uh, plastic surgery, and you know, it's just <laughs> they're this... Mexican gardeners, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but <laughs> Escape from New York, okay. Donald Pleasance, best fucking performance ever. <laughs> A number one, <laughs> he's the king of New York, he, Duke of New York. Oh, I'm sorry, come on, Phil, Jeez. you know better than that. I'm off my game, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Donald but... Pleasance, season Hubley. Well, how can you forget Tits McGee? The full and Nuts Girl. Right. And how Adrian can... Barbone. Shout out to Mr. Charlie James on that one. <laughs> Who always loved to call her that. Well, and you know, I actually I loved her too because like uh, I remember seeing Swamp Thing when I was a kid and just going like, holy crap, look at those jugs. <laughs> and I was a kid, you know, I was seriously probably, I don't know, nine years old. When I saw Swamp Thing. They're hard to ignore. Uh, yeah, a little. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, I mean, Carpenter was married to her at the time. That's why she's in like three of his movies. That's true. That's true. Well, because she's in Escape from New York. She's in... Um, the Fog. The Fog. That may be it. I can't remember anything else. Yeah, I think that might be it. But, but Carpenter, and I want to mention this, Carpenter is one guy who really uh, has his guys. And he has his, like... He has the people that he wants to... Like, okay, uh, Kurt Russell mm-hmm. has been in, like, half of his movies. Yep. Um, Adrian Barbeau. Uh, George Buck Flower. Yeah, the lesser master. known, but yeah. And, uh, what's, who's the other guy? Brian Jason? Is that his name? He's in, like, all of his movies. That gruff, white-haired guy who talks like this. He's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snake Plissken. In, in, in yeah. Escape from L.A., he, like, uh, takes him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing is that I always liked about Carpenter, too, is that he'll take these guys that you would never really think of as, like, movie stars or, uh, like, guys that could carry a movie or something like that, and he would put them in the movie. Like, Stacey Keach. Cliff Robertson. I mean... (laughs) People... I mean, he was always supporting people you just never saw before or again. I mean... Like Kirstie Alley, was that just like a sop to a friend oh putting Lord, her in Village yeah. of the Dam? Well, and, and see, the thing is, it's like I always thought that he would like go to the bar and just see these guys sitting there and, the, you know, drinking their, you know, their scotch going, shit, what happened to my career? And he'd be like, I'll put you in a movie. Cliff Robertson, come on down. Yeah. You know, he was sort of the original Tarantino in that sense because he would take all these guys that like hadn't been working forever and put them in a movie. Yeah. I mean, uh, in Escape from New York in particular, it was Lee Van Cleef, who, who we kind of rescued and put in the movie in a fairly major role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Lee, I mean, come on, Cliff Robertson? When, when was the last time he was even on TV or a movie? Or... Well, I don't know back then. I mean, obviously still... he's in the Spider-Man movies now, or well, yeah, before but... he died, right? Is he, Is he dead? dead? I thought <laughs> he was. I think he's dead. I don't know. If you're still alive, Cliff Robertson, we apologize. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, and then we take these guys like, okay, like Daniel Baldwin mm-hmm. and put him in a, like the second character role in Vampires. Yeah. 
So, I mean, he, hey, good for him, you know. I mean, he, he's giving all these guys a, at least a paycheck. I mean, and then they're going to get royalties from it forever, apparently. I don't know how that yeah. works, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. So let's let's focus here a little bit. Um, focus. Okay, so escape from LA. We escape. did escape from New York. Escape from so. LA is uh, possibly one of the more maligned Carpenter movies because I don't think most people get that it's actually a parody of action movies whilst being an action movie of it in itself. Exactly, and see the thing is too is that they that when, I remember when it came out they completely marketed it wrong. They made it in the the marketing of it was that it was this big action movie. It was this action extravaganza, which it I mean in a way it kind of was. I mean there's a lot of action in it. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't an action movie. It was making fun of action movies. I remember seeing that movie with you at the Bulls Crossing 12. Yeah. And uh, some guy screaming out at the end while the credits were rolling, worst fucking movie I ever fucking saw. Yep, yep, I remember <laughs> that. And I was just like, come on, you don't get it, you know? But the thing is, though, is it's like, with movies like that, people don't get it. Yeah. Supposedly Desperado was supposed to be like that, but I don't think it really was. I think Escape from L.A. was a lot closer to what that sort of mindset of yeah. making fun of a action movie or whatever. Well, sure. I mean, they had the purposefully cheesy special effects. Do you think that was pur- purposely? Yeah. You think I so? always thought so. I mean, some of it was just so goofy. Like, I mean, he's in the, the submarine and the like shark tries to eat him real quick as he ru- runs right. by like SeaWorld or whatever the fuck it was. See, I don't know. I, I always I got mean, the impression always, that they weren't necessarily intentionally cheesy. I thought I kind of thought it was. I mean, if they were, that would be better. <laughs> it, it it pleases me to think that they right. were. I don't know. Well, if they were, that's even better. But yeah. I sort of got the impression that he was making a movie that was just slightly beyond his reach when it came to like the special effects and stuff like that. Maybe. Um, With the budget that maybe he had at the time. Well, I think that movie was made for like fifty mil. Fifty? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> yes, it was that cheap, and it was only 15 years ago. Good lord. No, that's like way more than I thought it would be. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was 50 mil. Um, but most of it's b- big sets, you know? True. Because, I mean, the original, you, you in, the, in Escape from New York, they shot it in uh, St. Louis because, you know, half of the downtown was dead, so you could just come in and do whatever the fuck you wanted. Right. So the, I think they, moved, they made that movie for like six or eight million dollars. Because yeah, well, see that. So yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, really, when you look at Escape from New York, you don't really see a lot of uh, huge set pieces and stuff like that, except for when they are in obviously a sort of semi-abandoned area or whatever. Yeah, it's not a lot of special effects. It's more like just where they were. Yeah, I mean, listening to the John Carpenter commentary on Escape from New York, I think he, he proudly says, there's the one shot in the movie that was actually shot in New York. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what's funny? I've never actually, excuse me, I've never actually listened to that, the the, the commentary. Well, I think that only, one is a little weird because it's just like him by himself, so like he'll get real quiet for a while and then figure out something to say. So. See, I gotta tell you, it's one thing about John Carpenter, his commentaries are almost always Oh, God, they're practically unlistenable. (laughs) I mean, the one... Okay, we got to talk about the one for uh, Big Trouble. The the Big Trouble in Little China commentary 
was like the one of the biggest jokes I've ever listened to for two hours. It was like him and Kurt Russell sitting there getting drunk and smoking some cigarettes. And they couldn't figure out anything to talk about the movie. Right. It's like the, the brightest comment you got was, hey... I like that guy. What was that guy's name? He was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. I remember he brought us coffee one day. It's like, what? <laughs> well, and then at one point, he's just like, they completely start, they just ignore the movie. They're just like, so how's your kid's soccer team doing? It's like... Well, it's baseball, because Kurt Russell's son is a minor league baseball player. Uh, you know what? I would almost be willing to bet you it's talking about the soccer team, because I, I remember that fairly specifically. It's baseball. Okay, fine, but we'll have to look this up later, but I swear... <laughs> It's like they completely just stop watching the yeah, movie. Yeah, pretty much. They, they're just like, hey, how's Goldie? You know, I mean, yeah. they, they just kind of, you know, they clearly haven't been together in a while and they're just like catching up while well, watching the movie. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's like, uh, it's okay, it's fine for me and you to sit here and just bullshit about movies just with sort of no real, you know, per, uh, clear goal in mind necessarily. <laughs> but for them to sit there on a DVD commentary track and be like, well, we're just not going to watch the movie. Hell with it. <laughs> they're, they're watching it. They just don't have anything to discuss about. Well, probably it. though too, because they've been they've known each other for years and years and years. Yeah. And they don't. It, it's like they got nothing else to talk about. It's like they've seen the movie fifty times together. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I don't yeah. Know. Anyway. <laughs> big trouble. Let's go back to big trouble. All right. Big Not trouble. the commentary track, but the actual movie itself. <laughs> it's it's uh, I don't know a truly unique movie. Um. I don't know. Can you think of anything like it that that's that's that kind of goofy but kind of action packed and you know I fun. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think and I'm trying to think what's <laughs> comparable to it and I don't I can't nothing springs to mind. I, I mean, think, it's like in what other movie would you actually have a character go? What's your name? I'm Gracie Law. Oh God! Well, <laughs> every single line that she did is kind of like this. Real exclamatory, you know. I know. Yeah. Everything like she's she said writing has the, an exclamation point after it. Like she's writing it on a front page of a newspaper, <laughs> which she was because she was a reporter, right? But like, um, what I love is, about that movie is that Kurt Russell, as the action hero, is sort of, he's, uh, he's competent enough to get through, but he's not quite competent enough to really get through real well. Yeah. You know? It's like well, that's the joke, is they're just these kind of, hey! Well, and then he's like, at the, you know, at the, the one part where he's rolling down the, 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 the ramp on the, the wheelchair? Remember he gets pushed back, and he, he's going backwards yeah, on the wheelchair, yeah, 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 and he yeah, grabs yeah. the wheelchair wheels, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, great, he's a strong guy. That's great. You know what my favorite joke in that movie is? And it's like really little is when they pretend to be the phone company guys and all they show up with is like an old phone. With a phone. Hey, I'm the phone company dude. Because I have a phone in my hand. (laughs) That is the best little joke ever. Well, I love the part where he gets all dressed up like the nerdy business guy and he slicks his hair down and he's got those glasses. Unfortunately, like the glasses I'm wearing right now, more or less. But he like, he's just like, Ah, can I get a girl with green eyes? And the girl says, "These girls do not come with green eyes." Yeah, exactly. I don't know why, but Kurt Russell is sort of like the perfect person for that role. Can you think of somebody else that would have been as nearly as good in no, that role? Nobody, nobody. Yeah, I, I can't mean, think of one person. I mean, and maybe you know we're thinking about in terms of today as opposed to when it was made, mm. but I can't think of one person. 
No, it's like, I mean, what other action guy could have held up that role and been that funny? Right. And that inventive with the part kind of thing. Yeah, well, and then, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I can watch that movie. It's one of those movies to me where whenever it comes on, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And I won't necessarily think of watching it like, ooh, i got to watch Big Trouble in Little China right now. But whenever it's on, I watch it. It's like a comfort movie. Yeah, right, it's, exactly. It's always good. It's the mashed potatoes of movie. <laughs> For us. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have little... anything actually to say about that movie? What? Than... <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. You want a piece of trivia? Sure. Uh, maybe our younger listeners might not know. Uh, what Mortal Kombat character is based on a character in that movie? Um, the dude with the big, fi- big giant hat. Um, <laughs> yes, well, there are three. Which one? Well, the guy with the pointy hat. The lightning guy. Um, the guy with the lightning. <laughs> yes, Raiden. Raiden, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Portrayed by Christopher Lambert in the uh, masterpiece of oh, Mortal God. Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Okay, yeah, we don't really need to talk about that so much. But <laughs> Yeah, that's you... not going to be the discussion of next week's show. Exactly, we're not going to do a theme of Mortal Kombat next week. Hey, did you see, speaking of Mortal Kombat, did you see that they actually released uh, uh, the uh, Chun-Li movie? Yes. I know. Who would bother? What the hell? Like, you know... But of course, that's Street Fighter. Well, but it's the same thing. I mean... How can you improve upon the Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia masterpiece directed by Steven E. D'Souza? How is that... Raul Julia's last movie. It's really? Such... That's his legacy? And of course, their goodbyes, Valle con Dios. It's like, fuck off. Right. Anyway. He played, what, M. Bison? Yes. Is that what his name? Yes. You know, <laughs> Kylie Minogue is in that movie. Really? I believe it. Yes. Really? Yes. What, is she 12? <laughs> no, dude, she's like 45 now, but... Um... Is she? Oh my God, you're blowing my mind, dude. I... <laughs> okay. This show should be retitled, let's... Let's get Amos. Can, with some can Amos facts. fucking believe it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, you know what? I'm gonna step away for just a second and grab another beer because I just completely lost my mind. Um, so Phil, you gotta carry it for a second. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh God! <laughs> you hear the rattling papers? <laughs> you hear the, the flop sweat coming out? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I'm back. I think we've talked enough about Big Trouble. Probably. Um, the last, so... the last thing that I will say about Big Trouble was it was the first time, and, it, and granted, I was fairly young when I when I watched it the first time. It was the first time I saw the effect of the, uh, the like puppet with like inflating and getting like. Remember when he jammed yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. air hose in the guy's mouth or whatever? That was the first time I saw that, and honestly, when I saw it. When I was a kid, it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> when he just like explodes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It wasn't the fact that he exploded that freaked me, that freaked me out. Freaked me out was that it just when it, when I saw him getting, you know, puffing up, and I was just, I was like, oh my god, and I was like, like you said, I was like nine or whatever. <laughs> What's happening there? Oh my god! That guy's eyes are popping out of his head. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what should we talk about next? Well, let's see. What do we got? We got, uh, ooh, vampires. Let's do vampires. Vampires is a good one. Oh. I, I, the one thing about vampires that always cracked me up was that uh, James Woods gives that whole big speech about, have you ever seen a vampire? They're not some Euro trash baggy guys with long coats and long hair and pale skin. It's like, well, actually, that's exactly what he is <laughs> in the movie. I know. It's like he gives that speech, and then uh, the guys that show up are like, 
Yeah, trash vampires. Right. I yeah. I, I don't understand how you can give that speech and then have those guys show up. It's just a joke. I don't. Know. I don't know. I mean, maybe that was an oversight, or maybe he was just trying to make a point about how vampire movies are always these. To use your phrase from last week, effete weirdos. <laughs> well, but it's true. I mean, certainly there's a <clears throat> there's a big difference in between. Uh, I can't remember that John Philip something or other who played that guy, and you know they're kind of dirty and violent. And compare that to like Gary Oldman in Dracula. I mean, there's a big difference. Yeah, I actually I think read... maybe that's where the, what they meant is they were kind of violent and feral. Yeah, but... yeah, you're probably right. But I, speaking of <laughs> Dracula, excuse me, I read this story about one time about how Gary Oldman would just basically just lose it on set, and they actually had to sort of. Like, have a handler for <laughs> Gary Oldman to, like, keep him under control. Yeah, yeah. Because he would just get so into it, he would just sort of lose it. I think if you watch the, dra- like, the features on Dracula, Gary would be like, I, 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 re- I really want to do a great job and go all out for, for Francis. <laughs> Sometimes they have to control me a little. <laughs> like, okay, Gary. Sometimes they have to give me a shot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But okay, going back to vampires. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that honestly, I like that movie a lot. Um, I was surprised that a, he actually made it work with Daniel Baldwin as like the second lead. Well, I think that's where Daniel Baldwin works. But um, you, you know, I mean, I, I think I was telling you earlier, it's kind of it kind of really feels like a '70s grindhouse picture. Sure, it's really going for that kind of brutal violence and. You know, uh, swearing left and right, you know, beating up women and oh, all God. this stuff that's, that people just don't do anymore. Right, you know? well, Daniel Baldwin, I mean, he's slapping that girl around just because he feels like it, you know? I know, you feel bad for Cheryl Lee after a while. You're I like, know, you're just, wow. Good, really? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, and the thing that's funny about it to me is that I can always see Daniel Baldwin actually doing that. Like, <laughs> I totally bought that. Like, I totally was like, oh, yeah, Daniel Baldwin, he's going to slap some woman around the ass tied to his I bed. I can I, totally believe that. I swear, like, one of my favorite parts of that movie is, like, the slow-mo as they're walking along the highway and they just keep pushing Cheryl Lee down to the ground <laughs> yeah, yeah. and she, like, hobbles back up and they push her again. Well, it's like, Jesus, guys. I know. Well, and then the, the, when... Um, hey, when, trivia question. Sure, go for it. Who did they... What... Who plays the person they steal the Cadillac from in that, in that beginning scene? You remember yeah. the brown Cadillac? Hmm. Who, the, who's the guy they steal it from at the gas station? The very oh, famous director. Man. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. I don't. You're gonna know. hate me when you hear this. It's Frank Darabont. Really? Yeah. Really? It is. See, I haven't seen that in a long time. I'll have to go back and watch it just to see that. Well, you know who? Speaking of famous directors in movies, mm-hmm. um, you know who was in? Um, uh, I just recently watched Burn After Reading. Uh huh. Who's the guy on the boat? You'll know this. Have you seen it? The, yeah, um, but I've been trying to forget it. Malkovich's dad. I have no idea. I could swear, and I'm probably wrong, which, you know, is so probably a trend in this podcast, <laughs> but I could swear it was, um, oh wait, no, he would have been dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay, uh, no, uh, the guy that did, uh, who am I thinking of here, um... Uh, Predaporte and uh, Altman. Uh, Altman. He's 
dead. Yeah, I know. See, now <laughs> I just proved myself to be an idiot. And yes, this is going to be posted online. So, idiots all over the world, unite. <laughs> well, then I'm getting off the podcast. But anyway. Oh, Lord. We'll just call this the retard cast from now on. <laughs> but, okay. Um, vampires. I have to say, my almost my favorite part of that whole movie is when James Woods just flips out, loses his shit. When he's stabbing the vampire? Yeah, when they're dragging him out of that jail or whatever. Oh, God. That is just... Or no, wait. It was, it's at the beginning, I think. Where is he's it? Like, die, 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 die. And it's like... That, to me, is sort of the quintessential James Woods. <laughs> you know? It's like, you can't get any more James Woods than that right there. Yeah, pretty much. If it's not, again, the specialist. Oh, hey, God. Hey, get a new I, shirt. <laughs> are you going to come over there and I'm going to fucking kill you? It's like, okay. James, <laughs> take it down a notch, buddy. Of course, if he took it down a notch, he wouldn't be James Woods. Buddy. Exactly. Okay. There's nothing better. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Vampires is notable because he had to find somebody new to play his old guy role. Because I think Donald Pleasance had just died uh, a, a couple years before. So instead of Donald Pleasance in the Monsignor role, you had Maximilian Shell. Right, yeah, and you know what? You just can't replace a Donald Pleasance with a Maximilian Shell. You just no, can't. You can't. I mean, you know, no offense to Maximilian Shell because I know he's listening, but, um, <laughs> you know, you just can't do it. It's just. just but see, okay, he couldn't have gotten George Buckflower. <laughs> Would you have wanted a drunk Catholic priest? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> All the Chasing Catholic- vampires? <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, you just stopped Hail me. Hail to the vampire. The Hail to the church. Do, 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 do. We are, <laughs> wow, we're totally digressing here. Um, <laughs> that's the point of the podcast. Exactly. Share our bizarre conversations. Exactly, exactly. Well, I honestly, I think that James Woods, uh, in that role, it was another one of those sort of Kurt Russell in Big Trouble kind of things, mm-hmm. where it's like, who else are you going to get to be that guy? Because if you, I mean, I'm sure that there's plenty of guys out there that could have been that guy. Yeah, that but, it done it, been but it wouldn't have But it wouldn't have been the same. You know who loves that movie? Like, just completely adores that movie? My mom. Really? She, th- she thinks it's like one of the best movies ever made. I, she loves it. It is. Well, it and then they made is. the sequel with John Bon Jovi? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, they made like two sequels, I think, but... Well, I know for sure the first one was with yeah. John Bon Jovi and... Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't bother seeing it, let's I, just say that. What was it, like, De Los Del Muerte or whatever? It no, like, it was like, Vampires Los Muertos. Yeah. Like, the Dead? Ooh. What? Yeah, wow. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you go from James Woods to John Bon Jovi? Seriously? Well, you go from, like, a $10 million budget to a $1 million budget. This is true. You, <laughs> you go from Paramount and to Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> And you find someone who will work for scale. <laughs> Which is funny because you'd think Bon Jovi has as much money as he would ever need. I'm sure, but not... He didn't make it as, as an actor. That's true. He? That's true. <laughs> um, I don't know. Vampires is, is a great movie and it's, you should see it. I love the part when they actually come out of the... Because like, you know how in most vampire movies <laughs> they're in coffins and whatever and they're, or they're hanging from the ceiling or whatever they're doing. I love the part where they just come out from the dirt like, yeah. they just sit up, like, because they were under the dirt. For some reason, that always made more sense to me than, you know, a vampire in his um, 
Edwardian clothing in a in a in a I know, coffin, hauling around his coffin everywhere <laughs> right. he goes. Like, hey, guys, don't mind me. <laughs> right, <laughs> just my coffin, no big deal. But yeah, I mean, I, that always actually made more sense to me. I mean, that actually seems like if there were vampires out there, that's what they would do, mm-hmm. as opposed to like you said, hauling around their coffin everywhere. Yep. And it was a small touch, but it was a good one. That's a good one. Okay, okay, I can see you want to move on. Let's move on. Well, to what? What do you want to talk Oh, God, we got to do They Live. They Live. You know what? We might need to take a pause here to have a smoke, because for whatever reason, I'm just sort of dying. So, podcasters, stay tuned. Okay, welcome back. Ooh. Jeez. <laughs> a present again. Yeah, you know, hey. You know, you got to love that, right? Okay, so we were just talking about, as we were smoking, we are talking about Thing, which I think is a movie that both of us sort of forgot when we were doing our quote-unquote research for this. Um, The Thing. One of the most disturbing scenes in my memory when it comes to movies with the guy's head sprouting legs and or tentacles or whatever the hell it was and running around and, oh, God, that just for some reason, and like I said before, I'm not real squeamish about things in movies, but that just... Oh, that, well, that just got to me. I mean, that movie is so far over the top violence-wise that you're... I mean, after a while, it's like desensitizing. You're like, oh, his head popped open. Okay. Oh, he's eating the other guy's head. Oh, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> right, yeah. No, I know, but... It, and, and the thing that's funny is, is it's a good movie. I mean, it really is. It's not like one of these movies where you think, oh, that's just violence for violence's sake. Yeah. You know, but at the I, same time, there's some, there's some of the, like, nastiest... Just creepiest crap in that movie that I just I, yeah. honestly, if I watch it, even now I watch it and I go, oh. You know, I tell you, I showed that to a, like a class in high school, and <laughs> I will never forget. Of course, it has that like one of the greatest jump scenes in history when they're testing the blood. Oh yeah. And he's like, I know it's you, and we're just gonna get this over with. And he puts the thing in there, and he goes. And runs away. Yeah. And I, sw- I remember I knew it was coming. And I'm watching everybody else in the class, and they just freak out and like <laughs> leap out of their desks. It was the well, funniest thing ever. Well, it works, you know. I mean, you know, they, they, they always have in the movies. They always have these dumbass where it's like, um, oh, the, you know, some characters walking through the, uh, through this house, and the cat jumps out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, thank you for that. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's only been done five billion times, thank you. <laughs> but, like, that actually works, you know? I mean, as yeah. cheesy as it is, or as violent as it is, or as weird as it is, it actually works. It is. I mean, I tell you, that movie has one of the greatest icebreakers after, a, after like, an intense scene, the couch scene with the testing of the blood. I will never forget, it's, like, the best move-on moment in history when Donald Moffat is tied to that couch, he's like, I realize we've had a hard couple days, guys. <laughs> but now that we've done this, I would like rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch! <laughs> yeah. It's the best <laughs> moment ever to break the tension. That is, it is. And uh, you know what, for some reason, and I don't know why I just thought of this, but I always think of that scene, like, when it comes to great, like, moving on icebreaker scenes, is, um... The one from, uh, uh, oh God, what's Deep Rising, where they're, is it Deep, it's Deep Rising? Deep Rising's the one with Treat Williams. Yeah, where they're in the elevator, and the guy's like, <laughs> the 
girl from Ipanema. I can't get this out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deep rising references. Deep, yeah. What now? <laughs> I mean, really, that was supposed to be a catchphrase for the next generation. Who knew Stephen Summers would go on to become such a great director? Anyway, we digress yet again. Um... I don't know if he's great. I mean, G.I. Joe hasn't come out yet. Oh, God, G.I. Joe. Yeah, and we, we touched on this last week, but G.I. Joe. Did we? Did I don't we think so. It? We talked about this I think off. I think we talked about it together, not on the podcast. Okay. Oh, God, G.I. Joe. Really? Oh, God. I, and, you know, the thing that sucks is it's like, I'm a G.I. Joe fan from back Everybody then. Everybody who grew up in our time had G.I. Joe action figures. Right, right, right. Because he had the cartoon, and it was like everywhere. Okay, so you make Transformers, and, you know, I know that maybe Michael Bay, whatever, he's not this master, you know, filmmaker necessarily, but at the same time, it's like, it was a fun movie, right? You watched it, and you were like, oh, you know, this is fun, it's exciting, you know, whatever, there's lots of explosions. Um, you know, it was funny, I was watching um, Robot Chicken the other day, and they had this thing, it was supposed to be the trailer of the Michael Bay movie, and he's like, Michael Bay Explosions! <laughs> yeah. And it's just, Explosions! Michael Bay! Michael Bay Explosions! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, though. I mean, that's totally true, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you take Transformers, which was this cartoon that, you know, everybody our age loved, whatever, right? <laughs> and then you make it into, you know... A fun movie. I still haven't seen the second one, which I would like to, but I still haven't. I dispute but the entire references in this, in this portion of the comic podcast. <laughs> like, I hate this part. Transformers is not a fun movie. It is oh, not come a good on. movie. It I didn't was, say it was good. I two was hours of my life I'd rather not have spent. Oh, come I, I on. Really? I could have spent that having... Uh, being incontinent, and it would have been just as good of a time. Really? Wow, yes. that's harsh. That's harsh. You know, come on, Phil. <laughs> Show Michael Bay some love. <laughs> he doesn't deserve any. He's got more money than God. Well, yeah, him and Jerry Bruckheimer, those guys like made a deal with the devil, apparently. But so anyway, <laughs> okay, going back to G.I. Joe. Okay, we're fans of the movie, or the, the cartoon, from when we were kids, right? Oh, you watch G.I. Joe, you know? And it's like, now you know. Knowing's half the battle. Well... Then you make this just horrible, just derisive, terrible piece of shit movie. Well, how do you know? It could be great. It, it hasn't come out yet, Amos. You're right, but, but I can already But there were rumors tell. that Stephen Summers had been taken off the movie. Right. Okay. So, you yeah, never know. I just, I've seen the trailer and I was just like, okay, you're ripping off Transformers. Can you think of a better movie to rip off? I mean, I'm not saying Transformers is a great movie. I just went on record saying that I liked the movie. But there's the whole scene where they're like rolling around in the street and all this shit. And it's like, you're going to rip off Transformers? I mean, come on. At least rip off like a good movie. <laughs> and I'm not saying, and again, like I said, I like Transformers and the fact that it was entertaining. Anyway, this was okay, a very, fine, we went whatever. through a very slim door into a broad conversation. Okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's try and focus here. Sorry. <laughs> But let's get back to, um, say, Ghosts of Mars. Oh, Ghosts of Mars. One of the actual worst Carpenter movies. I would say between Ghosts of Mars and Village of the Dam, those are his two worst movies. Yeah, probably. I mean, for me, like, like John Carpenter says, all of his movies are westerns, essentially. Well, they That's, are. Well, Maybe. Village of the Damned, it's hard to yeah, say. Well, yeah, okay, never mind. Not I mean, all of them. Yeah, but um, 
that one to me is the most obvious. Right. Like, that's directly a Western on Mars. Right. With and see, the thing is, is why, why not just make a Western? You know? <laughs> I mean, and I've, we've had this discussion before. It's like, why not just make a Western as opposed to making these sort of quasi-Westerns? Well, I think, a, I think Carpenter has said that, well, nobody will give me money to make a Western because I'm known entirely for making horror movies. True, because what was the last real... What was the last big Western that came out? It was, was it Unforgiven? No. Well, um, there was that Appaloosa movie. Well, that was a big critical hit, but the last box office hit was almost certainly the um, Kevin Costner one. But Open wider. range. Oh, I was like, I went all the way back to wider. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was not a box office hit. <laughs> was that was Open Range a hit? Yeah. Was it fifty or sixty million dollars? Solid double, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. But when you want to talk about like with the Ghosts of Mars thing, it's like yeah, obviously, like you said, it was a western dressed up to be this sort of sci-fi slash horror movie with these weird like lesbian undertones i didn't get that at all like I, <laughs> well, lesbian undertones pam greer and uh what's her name the ugly chick with the red hair um they were lesbian lovers it's not lesbian undertones oh well, but wait it was supposed then. to be it was a, supposed to be a matriarchy it's all coming back to me for some reason mars right. was a matriarchy yeah yeah but like i okay there were so many elements in that movie that I was sort of wondering, like, what is he, what, where are you going with this? Like, what are you doing with this? I mean, because, like you said, it was a matriarchy. It's like, for whatever reason, they, he decided, I mean, fine, whatever. You know, Mars, we don't know what's going to happen on Mars. But um, the other thing is, it's like, okay, with the lesbian thing, and then the thing at the end where... What is it that... What's the line, Phil? <laughs> it's what we do best. Uh, yeah, oh, God. <laughs> you got Ice Cube in space? Like, what? what? <laughs> Desolation I, Williams. Let's kick ass. It's what we do Ooh. best. What? Come on, John. You're better than that. You know? <laughs> I, he was taking a paycheck, man. I don't you know. You think that's what it was? I don't know. He wanted to make a movie. He hadn't made one in a while. He made that. I mean, I, I don't think there's, there's almost nothing redeemable about that movie. At least Village of the Damned, you know, has a couple good performances. It was Chris Reeves' last, and he was very proud of it, I know. Really? Yeah. He was really proud of that movie. And I was like, okay, Chris Reeves, you, you had a horse accident. Sorry. It's <laughs> not that great of a movie. But no, you can be proud of it. <laughs> well, no, and see, the, honestly, that is one of the... If I was... Uh, if there was one John Carpenter movie that I really just can't watch, it's Village of the Dam. For whatever reason. Really? Like, I just can't watch it. It seemed to me that that was the start of a period where he would just pack his movies with, like, reams of Z-list celebrities. I mean, for some reason, Village of the Damned has, like, everybody you've seen once or twice before in it. Yeah, you know, like what? Like, Kirst- well, Kirstie, Kirstie Alley. Alley. Well, she was a fairly big star for a while, though, with Cheers. And now I've forgotten that chick's name again. Um, the one from Crocodile Dundee. Linda Kozlowski. Linda Kozlowski, Michael Pere, Mark Ooh. Hamill. I mean, like, everybody in that movie is somebody at one point in their career. Wow, you know what? Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if I've ever actually watched it all the way through. I'm not sure I made it all the way through that movie. Well, I think we saw it in the theater because we were working at the theater. Well, we yeah, but I probably out. maybe I fell asleep or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not that bad of a movie. It's just bad. I mean, I have a soft spot because it's Carpenter. Right. Well, and everybody has those those movies where 
you know, it, you know, it's not a good movie. Yeah. And but you're just like. The most I like memorable. the guy who was making it, or I like yeah. one of the actors, or whatever. I mean, come on, memorable. this fucking podcast is named after Hudson Hawk. <laughs> hey, don't give it away, man. Oh, sorry, was that a secret? No. Um, but it's something most people wouldn't get. Probably. Um, we told him that last time. Did we? Yeah, right at the beginning. Jesus Christ, I'm getting old. Oh, you're getting um, your Alzheimer's. Anyway, the most memorable scene in that movie is when the like kids force Christi, Kirstie Alley to dissect herself and, like, cut open her own sternum and shit. Ooh, that's gross. Okay, see, now I know I haven't seen it all the way through because I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that's their, like, revenge because one of the, like, babies died in birth and so she, you know, dissected it and looked at all the innards because it was, like, alien. Because um, <laughs> it was, like, alien, you know. All this weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I had the big eyes. Um, <laughs> I thought I was the only one but drinking no, so, beer. So then they, <laughs> so then when you know they get their revenge, they make Kirstie Alley slice herself open. Ew. Yeah. And okay. That's yeah. that's pleasant. Yeah. yeah I always one of the like biggest pieces like hey we got to put in some blood and gore in that movie is when everyone falls asleep somebody manages to fall over and not fall off the grill. So they burn to death on the grill while they're asleep. I was like, really? Really? That doesn't make any sense. Unless you like fell over and like got, you know, like stuck to the grill. With, like, so you were See, walking, wearing some Velcro or some <laughs> magnets or something. <laughs> I just got all my dude. magnets in my front pockets. Most yeah. people would just kind of, you know, your legs would bend and you'd fall <laughs> off the grill. <laughs> Most people do have bends in their legs. You know, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> It's fairly common, I think. The whole knee thing? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. So, like I said, now that you're talking more about it, I actually know that I haven't seen that movie all the way through because it's I don't... A, it's a tragedy that you haven't. I should watch it. I'll, I'll put it on my... Um, Everybody needs to see it. I apparently... Well, apparently. I, one of the most noticeable things, and maybe it's just me, maybe normal movie viewers wouldn't notice it, but that movie has some bad miniatures. Like, I swear there's like two scenes where something blows up and you're like... That was about an inch long. <laughs> and you can really tell. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny to me, though. It's like, uh, with, um, you, you, people say, oh, you know, the CGI in this movie or that movie or whatever wasn't very good. And it's like, well, some of the miniatures and, 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 or matte paintings or whatever you want to talk about in some other movies mm-hmm. were no better yeah. at all. I mean, people talk about oh, you know, they should do it the, the real way, you know, they should do it in camera and all this crap. It's like, well, not really. Not all the time, you know. <laughs> yeah, not all the time. You could end up with virus, where even that giant boat, which was like 15 feet long, you knew it was a miniature. Right, it's like the bullshit reenactment. Hungry <laughs> 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 Silva, everybody, who forgets Oh, that? God. Using undiscovered evidence. We have <laughs> bullshit or not. <laughs> Just to explain. See, that was the alternative title of our, of our bullshit or not. That was the alternative title of our podcast. Yeah, well, actually, now I'm thinking about going back and changing it. No, <laughs> but okay, for anybody out there that was listening to that, and if you're still listening, I'm sorry. I really do apologize. But we're um, we're, we're talking about Amazon women on the moon, of course. And the the show I would that assume that if you're listening to our podcast, hopefully you know something about movies, so you can yeah. follow along. Right, but the bullshit reenactment, that was hilarious because 
what was this like a bathtub <laughs> and there was like the Titanic and it like bonks into that like plastic uh, iceberg and just goes just bloop bloop <laughs> in like two seconds <laughs> and it says at the bullshit bottom bullshit reenactment it's the best thing in history awesome it's Henry Silva <laughs> yeah. is he did he die too everybody died Henry Silva I have no idea but I assume he is dead that's too bad because we won't get any that bullshit reenactments the last time I saw him was like this terrible um, Dreyfus uh, movie where they were like gangsters. Dreyfus and Ellen Barkin, Jeff Goldblum, and like Kyle MacLachlan. It's like a total nothing movie. I can't. Mad Dog Time. And, oh, uh, okay. I recognize the title. But wow. it was. Uh, that was the last time I saw Henry Silva. Did I take this job for a quick buck? <laughs> you decide. <laughs> Okay, let's focus again here. They what live. A, they live. It's time oh, for the it's, moment. It's, it's come. It's come. The, the time has come for They Live. The most reactionary, liberal 80s movie ever made. Of course. And that's I'm why serious. they had about $10, minutes, $10 to make it. Oh my God. That movie was... But see, the thing was, though, you'd think it would get this giant budget because, no. you know, everybody in Hollywood would be like, you know, oh, yeah, fucking Reagan, you know, whatever. I guess. I don't know. For me, that's like the movie where Carpenter's, um, you know, people, the guys he has around that normally take bit parts, get big parts. You know, that's the only movie where he gave George Butt Flower, like, a big part. True. And where Peter Jason has a big part. True. Well... But here's the thing for me, too, is it's like, okay, you're going to cast this movie, right? This is a John Carpenter movie. I mean, John Carpenter at the time was pretty well known, and he was a fairly big director, whatever, much bigger than he is now. That's for sure. Um, And you say, you know who I want to be in my movie? Rowdy Roddy Piper. (laughs) It's like, what? I know. Really? And Keith David is the star. And the female lead is Meg Foster, who nobody's ever seen before, but whose eyes will freeze you to death. (laughs) Right? It's (laughs) like, you know, you may not know this woman from Adam, but she will freak you out. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, if you don't remember those, like, intense, like, sky blue eyes, like, at the time of your death... Right, yeah, that'll be the last thing. Make Foster, you know. But, no, I mean, and okay, and the thing was is that that movie, it's funny because you can take it, you can take it however you want to. It's an alien movie. It's a you know, it's a sci-fi movie. It's a horror movie, whatever. But really, if you don't think that all it is is just Reagan sucks, pretty much, then you're not watching the same movie. That exactly. I, you know. <laughs> and Carpenter's very honest about it. He's a, he, he'll always tell you that that movie is all about Reagan and, you know, a commentary on the current society and blah, 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 with all the magazines that just say, buy stuff and uh, eat more and or what, sleep. What, what was the one that was, like, the best one? I can't remember. That, oh, it was, it was like... Um, it's like, I think there is, like, copulate. Yeah, it's something like that. Like it's that. like, have sex or yeah. make babies or something oh. like that, you know? And, you know, it's so obvious, but it, 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 I think it's funny that Carpenter at some point thought, hey, this is subtle. Like, people won't, you know, this is, <laughs> I mean. I don't know if he ever thought it was subtle. It was just him making a statement and wanting to make a statement. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a commentary that I would love to listen to. Because... He, 
I don't know what he was really intent. I mean, I know what he was intending <laughs> to make there. Like, yeah. But I just wonder why he thought that something so obvious would be. Well, it's because an entertaining I mean, movie, sci- sci-fi has a has a history though of uh, using science fiction concepts to make comment on society. You well, know, true. I Star mean, Trek did that like every week. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're right. You're you're totally right. But for me. I wonder why Carpenter sort of thought that <laughs> a sci-fi movie about undercover aliens starring Rowdy Roddy Piper would be the best vehicle for his political statements. <laughs> because it's what he could get made. Okay. Well, okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Because, um, I mean, it's, it's not like his career was ever, like, stellar. I mean, he had a couple big hits at the very beginning, and then it was just, like, cruising downhill. Well, okay, because he had, he had, obviously, Halloween. Halloween and Escape from New York were both big hits. Right. And well, then, and then the, the, the Elvis movie, the t- it was a yeah, TV was a movie, TV but it was a big, a big thing, hit. you know? And, um, yeah, what, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Starman uh, got, garnered an Star- Oscar nomination. Starman was a fairly big hit, yeah. But other than that, you know, The Thing, a bomb. Yeah. Um, the fog made some money, but you know, from the thing on, it was kind of just downhill into little horror movies. Yeah, I think probably, and I, I'm trying to remember if I can remember right, his best performing movie after Halloween or Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Probably, as weird as it sounds, Escape from L.A. actually probably made some money. I don't. I don't think it made any money, but it, it's probably his biggest box office hit after that, or his biggest box office numbers after that. Because I yeah. mean, you know, most of his movies come out like Vampires came out and made, you know, like eighteen million dollars, which is too bad because is, Vampires was sort of his. In my opinion, Vampires was sort of like him coming back to the front, like being. Well, no, good. he'd come back two years before nobody noticed. With what? In the mouth of madness. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. Let's talk about in the mouth of madness. Which you love, which I think is pretty good. It's great. It, <laughs> it's great. It's great. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I mean, it's got a, <laughs> a Z-list Julie Carmen in the title. Yeah, it's true. Okay. But hey, I mean, come on. It's Jurgen Prochnow, Charlton Heston, Sam Neill. Charlton Heston. Where, where did that come from? Really? I mean, I was watching that and I went, Charlton Heston? What the fuck? <laughs> like, why because they were shooting down the street from his house. <laughs> I don't like, know. They're like, we'll pick it's you like, up. I, I promise. only have to commute ten minutes. Okay, <laughs> we'll pick you up. We'll give you some ammo for your guns. <laughs> that, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, the opening is a little weird with like Sam Neill interrogating Peter Jason with Bernie Casey. Like, you shouldn't be fucking somebody else with you when you you know stealing with your wife. Yeah, it's like, eh, but then it gets so good. I mean, I you know what though? I I will agree with you. I think that that's a very very underrated movie. I don't like it as much as you do. It's kind of well, it's it's almost it's certainly his um is his most esoteric. Well, that's I can't say that. That's Prince of Darkness, but um it's his most Lovecraftian movie. That's for oh sure. 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 I mean, I lo- I will never get over Francis Bay in that movie. And I don't know if anybody knows Frances Bay. If you watch Seinfeld, <laughs> she had the marble rye. But, <laughs> but I love Frances Bay in that movie. I love it when he's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so said hello. She know me? I don't know her. 
when she's got her husband huff, handcuffed to her leg. That's yeah. the freakiest shit, dude. Well, when she's you just like, shut up. I just, I, you know what? I actually tend to like movies where they're a little bit more, um, a little bit more, I guess, cerebral rather than just like, we're cutting people's heads off. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I like that too. <laughs> Everybody you does. Know, right. But, um, that but yeah, movie, that, for some reason, that movie never really resonated with me as much as it did you. For whatever reason. That, there are two movies that kind of came out in similar time periods that really do the same thing where they're trying to deconstruct story and figure, you know, how reality fits in with story. And it's that and um, The New Nightmare, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah. And that movie is by far one of my favorite horror movies ever. New Nightmare? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's because a good movie. Because it is so beyond itself. It, it transcends its own genre into becoming right. something kinda really like, interesting. Kind of like the first Scream did. Well, yeah, that was, a, that was a joke. This movie was Right, but serious. I mean, it was the same sort of concept, yeah. you know? It was like the same sort of like, we're going to take horror and we're going to just sort of like Twist pull it, it out of itself and, yeah. you know, yeah. But in the Mouth of Madness, I mean, it's a good movie. It really is. The problem with me, or problem with me, <laughs> the problem they, well, let's not go into that, but um, the problem that I always had with it was that it seemed a little too abstract. Like, I never really felt like there was this real solid story that I could really get into. I get that. I mean, I, yeah, I get it. I don't know. I, a, a little confession, I actually did that scene, or did a scene from a movie from that movie as a one act in my drama class. In, really? In 10th grade. The scene where he's in the mental institution? No, no, the scene um, where he, he goes to talk to Charlton Heston about getting the assignment. Oh, in the cafe or whatever? No, in his office. You know, he's, he and Julie Carbon and Charlton Heston are there, and they're all like, oh, oh one yeah. of our authors has disappeared. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking I about. I did that scene in, my, in like the 10th or 11th grade drama class. Really? Yeah, I did. How'd it come off? It came off well, you know. There was a little bit of the waving back and forth <laughs> when you just don't, when you're really not used to standing with somebody on stage. Right, right. <laughs> well, okay. Now the last one that I think, because I mean, this has gone on for a while, but yeah. I think the last one you mentioned, Prince of Darkness, which I will admit, I honestly don't remember in the least. <laughs> it's one of the greatest. Carpenter wrote it under a pseudonym, Mar or I think it's Martin Quatermass. Um, and it's his idea, and of course it's like, um, it's got one of the betest, best horror gimmicks ever, where throughout the movie, you've got that video playing in their dreams of, um, of the Prince of Darkness emerging from the, uh, from the church. And he's like, we are broadcasting oh. from the year 1999. And, it, and, and you're watching the Prince of Darkness emerge from the, from the thing. It's I the remember best. that little thing, but other than that, like, I don't even remember who's in it, honestly. No, it's, it's like Carpenter's nobody's in that movie. I mean, uh, the, I forget his name, the little Asian dude from Big Trouble. Okay. Um, Donald Pleasance, of course. Um, the guy from, I forget the name of the show, but he was on a TV show where it was like him and his brother. Anyway, he's blonde guy. Um, and nobody else, literally. Oh, and the other little Asian guy from uh, Big Trouble. <laughs> the other one? Yeah. There was two? Well, there was like nine, but... No, no, the, the old one and the young one who were Kurt Russell's friend. 
Oh, Fu Young or whatever his name. Fu Young and then the other one, the, the they, yeah, the, the, the one who was getting his wife. Right, right. Sorry, well, I don't remember that. I d- you know what? I do remember. Um, I do remember that shot of the uh, the Prince of Darkness coming out of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I re- honestly like that is about it. I mean, I just. <laughs> but it's so I don't I don't know. It's one of his most out there things because he. He, like, actually tries to blend physics with, like, religion and make it a horror movie. And okay, like, wait a minute. Whoa, where have you been? Maybe, okay, maybe I do remember this a little bit. Is they're that where they're, like, in the trapped church. in the church? By the homeless people, one of whose is played by Alice Cooper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alice Cooper stabs a scientist with a bicycle, with a rusty bicycle, if you can believe it. You're making this up. I am This not. is not a real movie. <laughs> I'm like, did someone get stabbed with a bicycle? What? It was missing its front wheel, but yes. Someone <laughs> gets stabbed with a bicycle. It's a great movie if you, if you like the kind of heaven and hell storylines. Which I actually do. And the only, um, the, only, the only reason that I liked Constantine was because of the whole sort of bigger, bigger ideas of like the heaven and hell thing. Yeah. And, you know, there's this guy who... Well, is fighting demons for heaven because he needs to get to heaven because he fucked up before or whatever. Yeah. That's the only reason I like that movie. Well, I mean, I can say the same. It's like for a worse movie. Um, the only reason I kind of enjoy Hideaway is because of its good and evil overtone. Right. You know, this kind of religious battle that goes along in the movie. I kind of enjoy it because of that. But it's a terrible movie. <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible movie. I think I but saw, you know! I think I saw it on HBO at like 3 in the morning one time. I was probably drunk. I which... think we saw it in the theater, bud. Sorry, because I had my movie ticket. No, we yes. did not. Uh, yes. You're full of shit. I think we did. Hideaway. Yes. No. I, I know You may I have did. seen it. I think we did. Okay, well, I was probably drunk then, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of the theme of the podcast. <laughs> is that I forget movies because I was drunk. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it. I remember seeing it, but I don't remember exactly <laughs> where I saw it. Some little known facts to close out with um, on uh, John Carpenter. He has won an Oscar for live action short. He that's, turned... just, that's amazing to me for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't know why. He turned down Top Gun. What? Yes. He turned down Top Gun. He turned, more famously, he turned down Fatal Attraction. And he turned down The Golden Child. Wow. Actually, the Golden Child would have probably been better <laughs> if it would have been. Probably. You know, hey, the Golden Child. I, oh, I've told you this before, but I haven't told the entire world yet. Um, the guy from the, the from Eddie's Mur- Eddie Murphy's character from the Golden Child uh-huh. has my same last name. Woohoo! Did you know that? No, you just gave away your last name I and sure your did. first name. Hello, stalkers. <laughs> but no, oh, and he also lesser known turned down Armed and Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> And he was fired off of Firestarter. Really? After after the thing flopped, they're like, "Oh, bye, John." Really? Because <laughs> Firestarter originally was John Carpenter, and he had the same guy who wrote the thing writing Firestarter. So it probably would have been a considerably better movie, but they got afraid because the thing flopped and fired them both. Really? Yeah. I actually just read the book Firestarter not too long ago. Uh huh. Literally like six months ago, maybe. And I, 
I don't know. I wasn't really that impressed, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I, I've never even seen the movie. Are you serious? I've never seen it. Yeah, it's what. Yeah, you know what? I come on this podcast. And I'm like, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to movies, <laughs> and then like half the shit. It's like, I've never seen that. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, so we've we've missed a few. Uh, you know, some some even some great ones like someone's watching me. And okay, Christine let's do, let, we'll do one minute. We'll we'll do one minute on each of them. Let's go. Do it, Christine. Car runs over people. <laughs> Essentially, and it's not a very good. It's movie. not a very good movie because <laughs> that guy in the in the lead is terrible. Yeah, uh, what's his name? I don't even remember. Isn't he the guy from like Revenge of the Nerds? No, it's not. It's no, not the same it's, guy. It's, Although that guy, if you notice, is in Escape from L.A. See if you can find him. Um, the guy from Christine? No, the guy from uh, Escape. Uh, oh from no, Revenge I know what you're Nerds. talking about. Hey, you know what? Send us an email, and I will get. I swear to God, this time I will give you the email because I will go set one up. But if you can tell us where the guy from Revenge of the Nerds was in Escape from L.A., you win absolutely nothing. And what his last line in the movie was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Christine, not very good. The guy in that movie, the lead in that movie, I could swear was... It's it's nobody, because I remember that movie. It's just like, blah. Yeah. But most adaptations of Stephen King are kind of blah. There's a few good ones, though. Like, you can Shawshank, count them on one Green hand. Green Mile. Green Mile is not that good. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, Shawshank, maybe I have a soft spot for Needful Things. Needful Things, yeah. Um, but, you know. Max von Sydow, how could you the, not like it? <laughs> most of the good ones are like TV movies. Right. Where sure. you can well, actually oh take God, the stories it was terrible. and make them eight hours long. It was fucking horrible. What? It. You know, oh. the title <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Come on. How can you how can you not love Tim Curry as Pennywise? It was like great. Oh, you have to love him, but the rest of it was horrible. What? what fucking Mark Harmon or was it Mark Harmon was in that? Or I don't know. I think it was like who's the guy from Night Court? Oh yeah, Harry Anderson, yeah. yeah, Harry Anderson, wasn't it? Okay. Harry Anderson, like Richard Masur kills himself in the first five minutes. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay, so going back, <laughs> one minute for Carpenters. Fuck if I can even remember. Um, someone's watching me a great uh, TV movie he made in the 70s with Lauren Hutton. Never seen it. Yeah, well, you're uh, There's it. a surprise. It right? just came out on DVD like a year and a half ago. So okay, the Elvis movie? Not many movie? people have seen it. The Elvis? Elvis? I've never seen, or at least I haven't seen it since I was like four. Good movie. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought Kurt Russell did a good job. Um, oh, I did want to talk about it. The um, the two shows he made for the Masters of Horror. Oh, if yeah. you get a chance, see Cigarette Burns. It is one of the most disturbing hours you will ever spend watching <laughs> something on television. It is seriously whack. See, I have to I have to watch this now. I have to see if I can find it online or something. Yeah, watch it. do watch it. I know actually. I know Pro Life. You can watch on Netflix. Probably you can watch Cigarette Burns too. So it's what? Like you said, it was like somebody trying to cut off the wings of an angel. Well, or this guy, played by Norman Reedus, is uh, hired by Udo Kier to find this, uh, the, the last remaining print of this movie that <clears throat> the one time it was shown drove the entire theater insane. <laughs> <laughs> like literally crazy. And they're like last Friday. Each other. Yes. <laughs> um, but so he's hired to go find this thing, and it, he has this torturous, weird-ass, like, 8 millimeter type journey to find the thing. And he finds it, and he figures out that it's, it's, it's a movie about cutting the wings off of an angel, a real angel. 
Sounds fun. It's it's a freaky, freaky. I actually piece. the more yeah the more that you talk about it, the more I gotta I feel like I gotta watch it. And you have to watch it at out home. there in in in, um, podcast in, in the interwebs. You have to watch it. <laughs> Go and catch it. <laughs> Not at your local movie theater. Um. <laughs> okay, is that what we're going out on? Woo-hoo! All right. Well, you know what? This has gone on long enough. Good lord, somebody should shut us down. So I'm gonna do it. All right. This has been Can You Fucking Believe It for this week. We'll be back again next week. Phil, take us out. Can you fucking believe it? Awesome.